Hello and welcome to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I'm your host, JD, the collector of collectors, and this is the place where I interview pop culture collectors from around the world. And tonight, I'm actually going a little bit a little bit south. And when I say south, I mean maybe to hell and back with my next guest. His name is Ty. He's from Colorado, and he is a spawn collector. How you doing, Ty? I'm doing well, JD. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I am so excited to talk to you, and I say that a lot. Everyone knows I say that. But this is another um, character who has a little bit of a, a nostalgia for me as well. Part of the podcast is me talking and geeking out with people and you know sharing in nostalgia. But this is something from my teen years that I remember. And when I first learned about Spawn was through the movie, but also in my earlier days going into comic book stores and seeing the the posters on the wall for spawn there's this massive this massive life larger than life character i should say sorry massive larger than life character who i was just fascinated with and my best friend was also fascinated with and buying all the figures but for you we were talking beforehand you said you're a bit of an og collector so tell me a bit about the history of where you got to discover a spawn and how you became a fan sure JD. thank you thank you um definitely it's it's the roots are definitely within the the geekiness of it, absolutely. And how after so many years, I still go out there and buy the comics and buy the toys and buy the collectibles. So where to start? It starts in 1992 when Image Comics was basically breaking through the mainstream, right? You had DC and Marvel and Image Comics was this independent comic books uh, publisher that was releasing books. And I was introduced to comic books in a very organic way just by walking home from school and having a buddy that always went with me and he's like hey have you been to a comic book store before and i said i haven't what is that and the rest is history he introduced me to the world of collecting comic books and being that it's 1992 image comics was the talk of the town the comic book uh -huh. stores and everybody yeah. was just talking image comics and talking about image comics and in buying the books and then knowing about Todd McFarlane with Spider-Man, and then it was just full hype. I mean, you, you talk about like how we have today's a movie coming out, like The Flash, and everybody's very hyped up for the movie. Back <laughs> then, no internet. Back then, no, no, no web pages, no nothing. Uh -huh. And the hype it, it's felt in the comic book stores because the, the comic book store owners are telling you hey keep an eye on this book hey this book's coming out next week and spawn was that book and when when that book hit the stands and i grabbed a copy i bought one copy i was in high school and the art was just unbelievable to me i was just hooked with the story and I had to wait a whole 30 days for issue number two. So you can imagine like how many times I reread issue number one, studying every panel and how the lettering worked, how the colors worked, even the smell of the paper, everything was just so brand new to me. And I was yeah. just a fan from issue one. And, and here we are all these many, many years later, 300 plus issues later, and we're still collecting spawn here. And Todd McFarlane, he has such a distinct art style as well. But for people who may not be as familiar with Spawn, because while obviously something like I collect Batman, 
everyone pretty much identifies with Batman. Spawn is one of those characters that I think unless you, you're sort of into to the comic culture, you might not be as familiar with the character. So explain it as though you 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 know you were just with someone like i said earlier if we were at a bar and i had someone here who had no idea who who spawn was uh, you know sure. or who spawn was uh, give us a quick explanation because i also used the phrase to helen back before because i'm familiar with the character but give a quick rundown of who spawn is and how Sp spawn came to be well i think if if i was and i mean if we were at a bar and we're talking and there's somebody that doesn't know who spawn is and who is spawn and what is spawn i think right off the bat i would say he is a dark anti-hero so uh -huh. I, I would start with that right so he's a dark anti-hero in the lines of the crow right the comic book and the movie in the lines mm -hmm. of uh, dark man and and the shadow kind of very much on the darker side of things and not on the bright side as you have your your friendly spider-man or or you know robin and superman mm -hmm. so i mm -hmm. would start off saying like he's a dark anti-hero who sold his soul to the devil and received to come back to see his wife to be with his wife yeah. his love for his wife was so so intense and and he was so connected to her that he made that bargain with the devil and the devil knowing that he was getting somebody who had who was a killer because before spawn before al simmons passed away he was a black ops as a special unit assassin so mm -hmm. he knew that by collecting that soul he was getting he was not getting just any regular joe he was getting a killer a badass killer and mm -hmm. he made that deal but as we know dealing with the devil you got to read the fine print <laughs> and you yep. got a you know and he got a bad deal on it so spawn is the journey is the it's the exploration of him accepting that he got a bad deal and uh, making it through knowing all these powers that he was given by the devil but trying to use them for a good reason yeah i love it and and it is it's a really cool story um you know i mean that that deal with the devil has been done many times over but this was obviously a really great way to see it in a comic book um fashion and as i said todd mcfarlane has such a great writing style as well uh speaking of todd mcfarlane because we do have mcfarlane toys who have done massive things over the years as well what was the first toys that you got because you have quite an ex the extensive toy collection as well um what were the first figures you got you obviously got that first comic back in 92 was was it around the same time that you started collecting those other items or did it just start with comics it started with comics in 1992 and then we didn't really see collectibles until 1994 when the first action figure based on spawn came out and mm -hmm. when 1994 hit so between 1992 and 1994 uh you would you could say there was there was the buildup of the hype through the magazines that todd mcfarlane announced hey i'm gonna make action figures at some point yeah. there will be figures right yeah so the local magazine that you get which is probably already 30 days older by the time that it gets published so you're reading about it and there's comments todd mcfarlane planning on releasing spawn figures and and i'm like i'm as a fan i'm like whoa that sounds exciting are they going to be star wars size are they going to be or or bigger you know because back then the star wars action figure the three inch and three quarter size was pretty much the standard 
well-known size for collectibles you had yep. get the vehicles and everything else that was on that side you got gi joe also yep. on that size so you know as you don't know what's going to happen i thought oh it's going to be probably like star wars size or it's going to be you know larger and so <laughs> 1994 hits and we had all these pictures of the figures so i was at in the morning at a store here called kmart and that's no longer in business and i went there when they opened at 8 a.m i i went inside the store went to the toy aisle and i saw series one of the spawn action figures on an end cap mind you i'm i'm i think i'm about hitting college here now i couldn't afford to buy all of them at the same time so i picked spawn and i picked medieval spawn those were my first two figures and i remember buying two of the spawn figures one to open and one to keep in the box mm -hmm. and I mean, if if you look at the Spawn Series One figure, it is a larger size. It is almost about a six-inch tall figure, and it was it changed the toy game for for many for many uh, companies. They looked at this figure and they saw the level of detail, the paint. They saw the even the accessories, and the packaging with the comic book. It was just a game changer for other companies and it inspired marvel legends i'll go as far as saying that that size inspired marvel legends to make larger mm. size figures right and even as of today todd mcfarland sticks to that same scale yeah yeah and like i said mcfarland toys huge now right so many places you can get mcfarland toys and i remember for me seeing those figures was in the late 90s so around that 97 when the movie came out um was when my friend became obsessed with them and he he had the disposable income you know when we were teenagers that i didn't have at the time and he was going out he was obsessed and just picking up every figure he could like because he just became obsessed with them so he had all the figures that were released and i remember at the time they were a more expensive figure too than than a lot of other because obviously you had your toys that might have been ten dollars off the rack whereas these were premium scale collectible toys and figures and they were costing anywhere up to sometimes fifty dollars for some of them uh i've actually still got one of them which unfortunately i don't have here to show you but is is in um storage and it's i i don't even know the name technically of, of it but it's essentially like a diorama that comes in a plastic case and it has it's a spawn figure and then it has a heap of bats as well that are like within the case um yes and, I, I, so you have the bigger size you said or the larger size one yeah so this would be about this would be a good 10 to 12 inches tall i think oh yes um, i am very yeah. familiar with that one it's uh spawn issue 43 also known as the flying spawn and it's a really nice figure yeah yeah and yeah and because i love bats obviously love batman as well um when he decided to move on from his spawn collection he gifted me that one and and told me i could keep it this is the smaller the smaller scale of that figure it's the flying spawn you can see the bats yeah so That's you cool. put it together and it's pretty impressive the cape is just ridiculous yeah but, and for yeah, people no. who are not familiar with with the cape the the spawn cape it's massive it's it's it's, it's almost like a, a second entity right it's a part of him as well correct correct in the likes of venom in the likes of the symbiote 
uh, themes, you could say that the cape and the costume, it is a, is type of a symbiote to spawn. So it has, even the chains, they all have a connection to the nervous systems of the of the spawn character. So the, mm-hmm. the cape is an extension of him, the chains, uh, the spikes, everything reacts to depending on what the situation is. So the costume, you could say, it evolves depending on what he's confronting at the time. Yeah. And let's actually talk about the movie as well, because this is one of the things I, I was thinking about um, last night when I was doing a bit of more research into it and when I was remembering back the timeline, obviously seeing that the first comic was released in 1992. And then that movie did come out in the cinemas in 1997, which was a pretty big hit at the time as well, as far as comic book movies. Um, I, I have to admit, I'm probably not the greatest rated comic book movie of all time. I'm sure for a fan like yourself, you still love to go back and watch it. I have, I've gone back and watched it multiple times, Um, but it was still this massive character that came out and having a comic book released in 92 and then it on the screen by 97, I I think that must be almost unheard of to have a character that's released and then hits, you know, a, a, a major motion picture in that time would could you think of any other character that's happened to well no because it was so fast you nailed it it was so fast because 1992 the comic hits 1994 the action figures which was pretty fast two years after and then 1997 you got a movie you got a a major motion picture movie coming out it's not even something that is independent or something that is low budget no this was a this was uh, definitely a competing high visual effects budget movie by new Line, new line cinema so uh-huh. they were they were putting all their bets on this movie and to do well and it did considering the fact that it was competing against air force one with harrison ford on that weekend the spawn movie debuted at a number two on that weekend which is pretty good for a character that doesn't have that background history like Batman and Spider-Man mm-hmm. or anybody else. Yeah. You know, and, and Todd McFarlane does a movie and and does it right. It may not be the greatest Oscar performance ever or the <laughs> visual effects in some from what I've from what I've heard run out of they run out of money for the visual effects budget. Yeah. But but for everything else, you know, they didn't mess it up. You know, it's it's not an unwatchable movie. It is, you know, you catch it on the local cable TV sometimes and you can you can still enjoy the movie for what it is. And there's some uh-huh. bits and parts that you can see the costume in action, that you can see, you know, that action sequence and the chains and and the performance by John Leguizamo. He mm. nailed the role of the violator and the clown. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like that helps too. So all things considered for a character that didn't have that background like the mainstream characters do i i think it did in my opinion really well considering all of those facts and he was a he was a fairly popular actor at that time too during that those late 90s period he was doing quite a number of different movies he'd done uh, he'd featured in romeo and juliet um trying to think what else i think uh the it, pest that, yeah he, he, he did quite Super a number Mario of brothers yeah <laughs> Yes. yes yeah we, we, we don't talk luigi. about that one <laughs> <laughs> he was luigi <laughs> yeah yeah he yeah but he was he was sort of like this it boy like at the time that was was popping up in a lot of movies 
Um, so I know when they had him attached to it, it was like, oh, this, this could be really good. And yeah, yeah as I said, I, I've still gone back and watched it multiple times. I I think the last time I watched it was only about a year and a half ago, actually. I think I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I'm like, have you ever watched this movie? <laughs> oh. she's like, no. I'm like, you got to watch it. I said, prepare yourself. Like, it's... It's definitely very nineties and like you know like doesn't hold up against some of the comic book movies we watch now. But I still that's enjoy exactly it. how yeah. I introduce it myself. I said, <laughs> okay, be you know just be warned. That's how I started. Right, like it's, <laughs> it's from the nineties. So yeah, yeah, I, and I'm quite surprised that I know they've done animated versions right since. I'm fairly certain they did. They did a, a an award winning HBO animation and that show re and it came out in 1997 as well they were 1997 uh -huh. was considered the year of spawn there was so mm -hmm. much going on that year you had the movie you had the animated series you had the soundtrack which still holds up of today yeah you i was gonna talk about too, yeah yeah and you had the video game the playstation one video game so it was it was the year of spawn in many ways um so 1997 was big for, for Todd McFarlane, and the HBO animated show was definitely one of those big, big shows. And HBO won an Emmy uh, for that TV show. Nice. I'll have to actually go back and see if I can watch it at some point. Uh, and you talk about that album. That album was definitely one of the, the hooks, I think, for that movie oh, uh, and its oh, success yeah. because, because that yeah. soundtrack had – the the mashups between at the time obviously there was this big new metal um focus that was happening uh, a lot of rock bands that were, were top of the charts and they they merged them with a lot of famous djs and uh, the, the one that comes to mind for me and always sticks out and, and is still in playlists for me to this day is the trip like i do the um uh filter, filter and the crystal method i believe yeah, yeah. and for me as a musician those days playing playing in, in rock bands and stuff i loved the album and it was definitely on rotation oh, uh, do you still listen still, to some of those songs it still holds up and i do listen so as you uh, i know but i have the spawn room and i come into the spawn room and i have an alexa in the spawn room and i just tell alexa alexa play uh spawn movie soundtrack and she just the first song that she'll play is can't trip like i do by filter and the crystal Method. Yes. so <laughs> that soundtrack like you said jd it holds up i think it still holds up and people identified those songs especially that one with spawn and the movie so it, it it's like i said it still holds up and there was a vinyl release there was a cd release there was a sony mini disc release uh and there was a cassette tape so it was a it was it was pretty big hit in fact um they saw like you know how they have those platinum records gold records uh -huh, for uh -huh. big sales and sony had huge sales of the soundtrack the music all around the world so there yeah. are there are they, they they hit a they hit a good one with that one definitely definitely do you have all the like going back to the collector part do you have all the physical like the media versions of that as well i do i have the cassette i have the mini disc i have the cd which has three different covers i have the vinyls uh -huh. which are two different vinyl covers and in addition i have the laser disc as well for from italy and the us nice 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 actually 
that's a great segue because when you talk about international stuff, one of the things I've seen with you as a collector, uh, and you you identify as the spawn hunter online, you tend to, uh, I'm not sure if it's for work or, or pleasure, but you tend to travel a lot, it, look, it seems, and, and you're, you're out there actually meeting other spawn collectors from other regions. And I've, I've seen in particular Peru and France, I saw photos on your page where you're actually taking photos with other collectors that you're taking time to meet up with in, in other countries. Tell me about those experiences. Oh, that's great that you bring that up, JD. Uh, I do enjoy. So my my day job is to travel. I am a cybersecurity engineer, so I'm traveling to different power plants around the 50s of the United States. So, in nice. fact, I'm traveling. I'm traveling tomorrow to where am I going? Uh, Illinois. So yes, I'm constantly traveling all the time, and I do also overseas travel for work and also for personal reasons. But um, yes. The best part is to connect with other fans out there, whether it's in the United States or overseas. That is the best. The trip to France was definitely so awesome in many ways uh, because I got to meet two collectors, one of them being Petrospawn. You've probably mm -hmm. seen him on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And he has an amazing collection. And for him to make time and meet me and took me to, to have uh, some fantastic chocolates from in paris and talk about spawn <laughs> and, and he him bringing gifts to me right like which was completely a surprise to me and says here this is for you and 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 i'm just floored by the friendship i think collecting whether you're collecting spawn or batman or anything that you are into but that connection with other people with other collectors and those friendships that you you build and create that has been the icing on the cake for me as a collector to to be able to go to countries like that and say hey if you want to meet come over and i was in peru and i said yeah wait are you the spawn hunter i'm like yeah yeah I, i'm here in peru it's like no way it was like yeah come meet and they met me and by doing so i met the publishers of spawn in peru who have the Ooh. license to publish uh, spawn in peru and they gifted me with the already out of print spawn collect collection in spanish from peru that's out of print completely hard to find and they said this is for you and i'm like wow i i didn't even think about looking for it because i know it's so hard to find and for them to say this is for you the the complete collection i was floored and again it's the friendships and and i give them in return I bring Spawn Hunter t-shirts or Spawn Hunter stickers or hats yeah. as I'm wearing one. Um, <laughs> and, and those relationships just built layer upon layer. And we're still friends. We help each other. If somebody in France needs a figure that's only released in America, done deal. I'll get it for you. And that's how I like to help. And they help me too. That's, that's awesome. And you're right. It is definitely those connections that we can make in the, the collecting community that can really... I mean, the collecting itself can be a joy and, 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 you know, can be its own therapy as, as has been spoken about and on a recent episode as well. But having that sense of community with the thing you love as well can just bring a whole new level of enjoyment, uh, to collecting as well. And it's, it's, it's amazing that you get to connect with those people and you get the chance to go out there and see their collections and, and get awesome items like that as well. I, obviously people can probably hear you've got a bit of an accent. So are you, where, where, what's your origin as well? So do you have- Sure. I was born in Peru, South America. Okay. Lima. Yeah. 
And I so that has a, <laughs> a, a a more direct lineage to you when you get that co that copy of the comic as well, right? Oh yes, oh absolutely. And I love to bring back gifts when I go to Peru. I still I still have a property in Peru that I that I go to as much as I can. It's right on the beach. And by the way, everybody's invited to go. So please. Oh, nice. uh, and and I go there. Uh, I was I moved to the United States when I was 13. And I've made my career and, and my family and everything else here in the United States. But I do often go back to Peru. I love going back to Peru as much as I can. I like to go out there and visit friends and not necessarily with the collecting uh, mind, but just to, to be out there and kind of just enjoy the beach and just kind of and enjoy life a little bit more because life moves pretty fast. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. And your collection in Colorado, are you, you in a basement area that I can see you in now with all, with all the shelving? It's, it's massive. Absolutely massive. Quick, quick question. Do you have an idea of the number that you're up to in total of items at the moment? Yes. Um, so the last time I counted was I think late last year and it was over 3000 items. And then when I say items, uh, it could be a, like the CDs, could be the soundtrack, it could be an action figure, but it was over 3,000 items. And it's it's nonstop ever growing um, because <laughs> every day there's a new item coming in. There's a new item that I, and it's not just about, and yes, as you can see, probably one of the things that most people tell me is that it's very well organized. Mm -hmm. And that's yes. something that I really thrive to is that I, I don't like to have that hoarder look or boxes that are just still even not unopened on the side or in the corner. I like to, if I purchase something or if I'm collecting something, I like it to be something that means something in the, in the larger scale of the collection. So not just because, oh, I gotta have this, 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 and that, but something that it could be just one item. And that one item to me would mean a lot to just have that one item than just having 10 of another item if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah that totally makes sense and it looks like you you take very good um care of those items as well i'm seeing a lot of toys that look like they're in um protecting cases protective cases as well and i i know that you also have your comics a lot of the comics um that are graded and, and in slabs and i i say slabs as a term that, that people might not be familiar with someone actually messaged me uh following the the comic collector that i had on when i was talking about slabs and they they said maybe you explain what slab is to someone because they had to look it up but slab sure. obviously is is a plastic protective case that's used when grading comics uh and you know so when you have your your, your sevens or your 9.9s and tens which is very very rare obviously you've got a lot of 9.8s i see in your collection but what what sort of care and, and do you do you do in 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 casing everything as well like because that, that's a whole new effort, a whole different level of effort in collecting as well. Absolutely. One of the things that with the Spawn Hunter collection that I strive to have is that not just the item that comes into the collection, but the condition of given item. So mm -hmm. whether it's a carded figure, it has to be in really good condition. The Spawn action figures, as we talked about the size and scale of the action figure, it's bigger than your Star Wars size. So mm -hmm. the package in to put given size, it's also bulky. It, and, and it's in larger scale. So they tend to get damaged easier because of that size. So to mm -hmm. me, to find the item in good condition, in mint condition, as you, as some collectors call it, it's it's a challenge, especially being that some of these figures were released in the 90s. 
as a collector today, a spawn collector today in 2023, you can understand the fact that there's variance. Uh, for all your, your listeners out there, as you can see, McFarlane makes tons of variants with the DC multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. There's not just yes. one Batman. There's going to uh-huh. be unmasked Batman. There's going to be a battle damage Batman. And there's going to uh-huh. be a Walmart exclusive Batman. <laughs> so that is not new. Let me tell you guys that that's been done since the 90s. Todd McFarlane is the king of variants. So back in 1992, when Spawn came out, there are potentially about 15 different versions of the Spawn 1 figure. Mm. And back then, we didn't have Google. We didn't have uh, message ports. We didn't have Facebook. So you bought what you found. There was no way for you to find out if a guy in Japan, oh, well, my Spawn figure is blue. And I'm like, well, mine's black. Wait, what? (laughs) So you come to learn these things way later in the game and you're trying to catch up and complete that collection so dc multiverse guys you guys are very lucky because at least you can be on top of what's coming out when it's coming out and how many variants are out there but it was hard for us back then in the 90s to catch every single variant of the figures yeah is there a variant that has eluded you that's like a grail item that you that you're still seeking out to this day well that's a great question there is one spawn series one figure that was released in brazil and it was done by a company in brazil but following todd mcfarland's standards of the figure i do have that figure it's coming i just got it so i fingers crossed that it arrives in good condition and it would be the last figure i need for the series one spawn figures oh nice and that's on its way it's on its way and right before that was the spanish carded spawn series one figure that i had eluded me for a while and being that obviously i speak spanish as well i had to have it in my collection so getting that figure i felt i felt that it was complete but no lo and behold there is a brazilian spawn figure (laughs) and now we'll be satisfied with it and you also made mention of you know, speaking to a Japanese collector. And I've noticed on a couple of posts on your page that you do have quite a number of Japanese items within your collection as well. Is that, do you have a specific hookup to someone over there that you like when obviously all the traveling and all the communicating you've done with other collectors, do you have someone there that you, that gets you these items? Well, this is going to be something that I give credit to Petrospawn. We talked about Petrospawn. He's another big time spawn collector. And yeah. he has he has a large number of Japanese items. And he has been my go-to person for all of these Japanese exclusives, as you may call him. Um, with that said, to add another to piggyback on that answer, it's my favorite collectibles are the collectibles from Japan. I Ooh. I love the Japanese writing, not to mention I love the culture and everything, but every item from Japan spawn related it's a win for me just the comics they had items that were not released in the united states like um, cigarette lighters and 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 matchbooks and puzzles and all of these these amazing items that were never never released in the united states so you can imagine the hunt of going after those japanese items is just i want to say it's fun i don't know if some people <laughs> might say it's stressful i think it's fun because 
you get to connect with people from other countries. You get to make those connections. And I have made connections, you know, besides Petrospawn, I have made connections with, with other collectors that have the lighters and, and we find a way to send the lighters over to, through customs. So they don't, so they don't get stuck because they're lighter <laughs> fluid. So you can imagine like the, the hurdles that you have to jump through just to get mm. a lighter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's in your name, right? You are the spawn hunter. So this is what you do. You track down these items. Uh, yeah, that's right. That is right. That's how you do it. That's how you have to do it. Well, you you obviously probably don't know this because you haven't listened to the podcast before, but people would have heard me talking about the fact that I'm actually going to Japan later this year. So I'm already going to be keeping an eye out for, for pins while I'm at the Disney parks uh, for a previous collector. I have uh, a collector at the very start of this season who loves uh, Winnie the Pooh and Toy Story, and I'm going to be keeping out out for Disney items for her. Uh, but for you, I guess I can always keep an eye out if I, if I come across something spawned oh, while I'm in Japan. Because be, I, be I, yeah. I do hope to get into a couple of stores and, and, and toy stores and things and maybe even a couple of thrift stores, depending on how I'm traveling for time there. But I can always keep an eye out. If I, if I see something for spawn, I'll, I'll send a message through and let you know. Well, thank you, JD. And I'm, let me tell you, I'm jealous because it's one of the countries – that I have yet to visit. It's Japan. And and please, you know, anything that will have spawned with something Japanese on it, it could be toilet paper. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, will, I will gladly accept it. Seriously. No, that's very kind of you. And and I'm very jealous. But I think you're going to be geeking out in Japan because I think Japan is like the ultimate geek out for anybody mm -hmm. that's a collector. Uh this would be my second time there and I'm uh, definitely, oh I definitely loved it when I went there originally. So just, just actually quickly, just to follow up on, on, on the Japanese stuff, those items that you're talking about, are, are they all McFarlane official license items or do they tend to have a few un like unofficial items over there as well? That's a great question, JD. Um, for the majority of the items, they were licensed. They were licensed um, McFarlane productions items. Yes. Yeah. But there's also a small percentage that were not like anything in, in Asia, like anything over in, in other countries. You come to find out what they what we call it, like these knockoffs, right? The mm -hmm. knockoffs. And there is a a niche for for these collectibles as well. I could yeah. say that I have a couple of items that are released that were released in Asia, not necessarily just Japan, but you have Hong Kong and Singapore, Taiwan that were unlicensed items. But they're they are spawn items, right? So you tend to also kind of look for those items too. And I have been, I have been purchasing them. But there's also, but the large majority of the Japanese exclusives are definitely official released um, items. And, and I know, um, if you can see that this is a this is a puzzle. Mm. This is a spawn official spawn puzzle that does was it just say, released in Japan. What does it say at the top of that? Tiffany. That's what I thought that was said Tiffany. Uh, yeah, there's Tiffany, yeah. there's Spawn, there is there's different different types and different sizes as well. So but all of these, these are licensed uh Todd McFarlane Productions uh official puzzles, but they never made it to the United States. And it's it's such a shame because who wouldn't love to have a spawn puzzles, <laughs> you know, 108 pieces, uh stuff like that. It's licensed and it's nice. And then there's the unlicensed stuff that are 
action figures or keychain size plastic yeah. collectibles with spawn on it too and obviously the knockoffs the, the the blunt knockoffs as well but you will find knockoffs anywhere in the world uh that that were made for spawn well i mean as a batman collector i see things like that all the time especially when it comes to key rings and like smaller collectibles like that anything they can whack a, a batman logo on or make look like a, a batman uh, I've, I've come across hundreds of those in my time i would probably say uh speaking of, of more official items though uh i see something in the background sitting on on the shelf behind your head that is on my list of things to discuss is that the 20th anniversary resin statue the 20th anniversary resin statue i it's it's not that one that it's one is that an one? actual that's an actual um third party um spawn figure it's ah. the, it, yes and that's a it's it's not a one six scale it's almost like a quarter scale spawn it's figure it's massive it. yes it's yeah. huge um but uh the 20th anniversary figure oh the statue it's on a it's on a shelf i have two of those i have the act artist proof and i have yeah. the official release yeah it's a beautiful beautiful statue i do have i have all of the statues and some of them i have one two three for example like the 20th anniversary statue i have four of them because um there was an artist proof there were two prototypes the actual signed release and the unsigned released so another thing right who would think that there would be four or five different statue variations of the same statue it will drive you bonkers <laughs> how did you track that because that's the thing i was going to ask you about is the artist proof how did you track that down oh well yeah that's definitely a story in itself um but i have to say <clears throat> that um how, i mean oof, that is a good good question it's like it's, got, it's a good story and all the items that you see have a story behind them and that's mm -hmm. what I love about collecting too. Not just the friendships, it's the stories behind them. But mm -hmm. I have a good friend of mine that went to a toy show in New Jersey. And then he took a picture of the spawn table people were selling and their prototypes. So then he sends me the picture and he says, hey, are you interested in these spawn action figure prototypes? And I go, wow. I mean, they're definitely not in my budget, but that's really cool. So I posted that picture on Facebook and I said, wow, check out these prototypes. They're not mine, but just to share them with everybody. And Petra Spawn, uh, Guliam, he saw the picture and months, months later, he reaches out to me and says, where did you take that picture of those prototypes? And I said, oh, that was a friend of mine that was at a toy show many months ago and he took a picture. Do you think you could track down the seller of those prototypes? And I'm like, mm -hmm wow i mean like we're talking like scooby-doo stuff here now because we're normally <laughs> just months after but now who the heck knows who the seller was and and you know what that inspired me to be the spawn hunter because i started to track down all of the connecting dots to get back to that seller and it was through probably you heard of a company called the force horsemen they make uh sculpts and they make their own action figures right and yep. one of those guys his name is uh eric hazy he's one of the force horsemen i have him as a friend on facebook and man you i went down the rabbit hole on connecting the dots <laughs> finding to like finally finally found a former employee of mcfarland toys who lived in new jersey and who had sold prototypes before 
And I found him. I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'm doing this because a friend is interested. We're interested and let's see what happens. And he responded and said, that's me. Yes. Mm, and nice. Let's talk. And <laughs> the rest is history. And and I've come to build this friendship with uh, this guy. His name is Steve Hamadi. He's a former employee of McFarland Toys. Again, he went beyond the collecting. He, he went beyond the the buying and and and, and acquiring pieces. He went. Mm-hmm. I've been to his house, I think five times. Every time I f- I fly to New Jersey, I visit him. We have pizza. We have beer. We talk toys. We talk spawn. And then he'll be like, "Hey, Ty, I found this. I don't know if you're interested." And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and, of course you are. And, of course you are. And in that, <laughs> and in that process. Uh, here's the beautiful thing, uh, JD, is that I'm not collecting the prototypes, right? I, I could. I mean, they're in front of me. They're being offered to me. But yeah. I feel like, you know what? Petrospawn is, is the guy who always collects the prototypes. And, uh. and I feel like this, this has got to go to his collection. And I feel happy that I can do that because I don't want to be that guy. No, I just got to have it. No, no, no. It's mine. It's mine. It's, I saw it first. No. I don't I don't go by those rules and to me it's like most people say like but that's a cool prototype and I'm like yeah but I feel like Petrospawn likes these he collects them and um and he helps me with other stuff so I feel like there's that there's that friendship I don't know it goes beyond that 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 e- that eager hoarder type collector and more of yeah. a I want to help my friends out there too. And that's altruistic. Yeah. It's karma. It's karma. I tell you, JD, it's karma because it, what goes around comes around. It's it really nice. Does. Yeah. And like you said, you know, you've built that community of collectors and people to help you out. He's obviously helped you with getting the Japanese items, which you love as well. So you get things that he loves. He gets the things that you love. And it's great that you got that back and forth with him that's that's absolutely amazing and you have quite you know an amazing collection that that you know it's right you probably don't need to have like you could go out and try and get every different item and every different variation but you know you're obviously very happy with the collection you've got already uh in terms of todd mcfarlane though have you ever had a chance to meet him i don't know did he get out to the conventions much absolutely living in new jersey i was exposed to a lot of the comic book shows out in new york city so yeah. shows like the, the big apple con shows like the new york comic con and todd mcfarland through his marketing career because he's a great salesman a yes. businessman he's done a lot of shows out in new york city for his toy line and he's gone out there many, many times, and I've had a chance to meet him many, many times. And the, the, the times that I've met Todd McFarlane have been as a fan, 100% as a fan, right? Um, and it was never, I was never, I was not the Spawn Hunter back then. I was just another Spawn <laughs> collector, another Spawn fan. And in every time that I've met Todd McFarlane, he's always been awesome with us, awesome with the fans. Takes the time to talk to you, to answer your questions. Nice. And, and sign your items. And I, I'm looking forward to now meet meeting Todd McFarlane as the Spawn Hunter, and and just have a different different approach to him, you know. Because I, uh, one of the things that a lot of people sh- should understand about Todd McFarlane and the Spawn character is that 
what we talked about earlier in the interview is that it's it's basically an unknown character when you compare it to mainstream characters. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so the drive behind the creator Todd McFarlane to take a character that is his own creation and grow that character and drive drive be be driven to make this character flourish, to mm -hmm. make this character grow, to make this character be a house brand name for for everybody, right? To this point that kids today can buy a Mortal Kombat video game and play a spawn as a playable character. Nice. So to take something that he created when he was younger and to come to fruition and to be mainstream, to have Jamie Foxx as a potential actor to play in the movie, to have um to to be a major producer and a major player in the in the game. It's that that alone to me is something that is inspiring because mm -hmm. it makes you fight for your dreams and never give up. And when people tell you, no, you can't, oh no, who, who knows? Uh, we don't know Spawn, we don't know what Spawn is. And yeah. he didn't give up, he stuck to his guns. And now look at Image Comics, the way that they are and the things that they have promoted. So there is the Spawn, the character, the Spawn, the collection, the Spawns, the collectors and the fans. And then there's, Talk McFarlane and the drive that he had to make this character be where he is today. I love that. I love that. And Ty, I think that's probably a great way to wrap up this uh this our interview and, and this time. Because this whole bringing spawn to another audience, hopefully people listening to the podcast might be inspired to go out and check out this character as well. Um, check out the the art, you know, because a lot of people probably know the the McFarlane toy line, but specifically probably not where that toy line really got its got its origins from. As well. Absolutely, absolutely, JD. That's that's definitely something to to admire, to definitely admire, and to have a a toy line that's competing against Mattel, that's competing against Hasbro. I mean, like, and people that are going bunkers over buying every single figure. <laughs> That all of that is Todd McFarlane and McFarlane Toys and McFarlane Productions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as I said, I'm going to wrap it up. But before I let you go, I always get people to plug their socials so people know where to go and find you and your collection. So tell people. Sure. Uh, I'm in. I'm a I'm Spawn Hunter on Instagram. Uh, so definitely, you can hit me up there anytime. I love to answer questions and connect with other collectors all over the world. And I'm also on Twitter at Pogoman, aka Spawn Hunter, and on YouTube, Spawn Hunter channel. Nice. And I think you were talking about potentially bringing out a uh, podcast later in the year. Is that still in the works? That's still in the works. That's still once when I'm not traveling, I want to sit down in this room and do that and uh, do the podcast. And I have some cool ideas for the podcast as well. So I'm fingers crossed that. I don't have to travel in a, in a bit in the summer, so I'll be able to sit down here and, and do that for you too. All right. Well, I'll put all those links in the description for people. And then when the podcast does actually go live, uh, make sure you share that with me and I'll include that and update the description so that anyone who wants to go and check it out can. So Ty, thank you, thank you very much. I, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, yeah, I wish you the, the, the best of luck with, with your travels and hunts. Thank you, JD. I appreciate it. Thank you for making the time for me. If you liked the episode, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.